Thank you for listening to another message from New Sound Church and our lead pastor, Josh Monty. For more information about us, you can check out our website at newsound.church, or you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We want to thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear how these messages are impacting your life. Share your story with us at story at newsound.church. Enjoy the message. So if you are checking out New Sound for the first time or you're, or you're new or you didn't know, we are starting a brand new series today called I Declare War. Now, it comes from a book written by a friend of mine, a guy named Levi Lusco, and he pastors a great church out west. And I actually, um, I, I uh, reached out to him and said, Levi, I, I read your book over Christmas. I loved it. Um, I really think it's something that my church needs to hear. And, and so can you help us get some copies of the book that we can give away as gifts to the church and remember that we're friends and I'm gonna need a, di- a discount, like, a, like deep, like a deep discount. Maybe even pray about free, I don't know, do whatever you feel that God's put on your heart to do. He prayed, God did not say free uh, to him, uh, but he did say, hey, I wanna help you get some books and so it's a, it's a phenomenal book. He's written a lot of great books um, but the sermon series is really kind of geared towards helping us as we work through this over the next few weeks. I would describe the sermons as cousins of the book, not as a twin. And so uh, you're not uh, getting the book doesn't mean you can skip church for the next three weeks and get everything out of it. And, um, and then listening to the sermons without reading the book, I think, uh, will not allow you to get the full picture. And so... I think it's going to go hand in hand. I'm even praying that some of you maybe would even after today go, hey, you know what? I've been thinking about leading a small group. I had no idea what I could even begin to do it on. And maybe I could just, I mean, everybody already has a book now. So maybe we could just do the book and that would be good. Maybe that's, maybe that's for you. But I, I love the book and, and it's, a, it's, it's such a strong statement because it is, I declare war, uh, four keys to winning the battle with yourself. Because the reality is, I believe that as a society and as a church and where we are, it's time to declare war. You're like, Josh, that's kind of a pretty strong statement. The reality is, I'm inviting you to declare war because whether you realize it or not, you are already in one. There's all kinds of things that are raging up against you all the time. I mean, if you've been around church for a little while, you might, I mean, just the devil of hell just hates your guts. I was talking to a young lady before service and she was like, I was gonna, uh, you know, I was thinking about, you know, leading in a small group, but then man, this week has just been the worst week ever and I just can't. And I'm like, no, you understand why it has been the worst week ever, right? Listen, understand this. If you don't headbutt the devil every now and then, it's probably because you're running in the same direction. So when you, the, the only thing that he hates worse than you stepping out and living in freedom is you having the audacity to think that you should then go back and try to help other people step into freedom. You're going to get opposition every time you take a step in that direction. Don't worry. Jesus said in this life, you're going to have some problems. You're going to have some stuff. He said, but fear not. I've overcome all that stuff. You're going to have to go up against the world. The reality is there was a season at least that in some levels, at least at a higher level, the the worldview and the biblical worldview kind of lined up a little closer than it would seem to today. 
And the world has a lot of ideas about the way that you could or should be living your life that I think is contrary to God's best for your life. And I think it's causing us a lot of problems. And so we know that. You can see that online. You can see that on TV. And we, we kind of understand that. But, then I, but that's not what this series is about. This series is about this third place. This place that is, I think, keeping you probably more frequently from God's best than any other thing. And that's ourselves. And I think that for a lot of us, the devil hasn't had to go after us in a while because we've been doing it to ourselves. Think about it. We all know that if I eat calories and I consume more calories than I burn, I gain weight. If I consume less calories than I burn, then I lose weight. Like, that's every diet plan. I don't care. Paleo keto cheeto i don't care what your diet is okay somebody somebody in that cheeto diet today in jesus name i don't care what it is like it's not difficult to understand it's just hard to execute it's like a lot of things that jesus said it's simple it doesn't make it easy how about money it's easy it's not really all that complicated it's it's like all i gotta do is make some Okay, and then spend less than that and then repeat that and then I'll have money instead of not having it. That's Dave Ramsey. So if so, I just summed up every diet plan you'll ever pay for and every Dave Ramsey plan you'll ever pay for. And that's it. We already know that. But for reasons that we almost can't even seem to understand, we have this propensity towards self-sabotage. We have this thing that even though I know the things that I ought to be doing, I just can't seem to find a way to make myself do it. Have you ever heard of the guy, um, Banksy? Banksy, anybody? It's a, so he's an artist, but he's an anonymous artist. So he goes by this name, Banksy, but he would, he did, it would do, it started out as like graffiti work. And then it became incredibly elaborate and became incredibly popular. And what made it even more popular was this enigma of who this person uh, actually was. And, and he liked doing graffiti work instead of taking his talents and putting it onto a canvas because the city would always come back and paint over this piece of art that was admired by people. This thing that he had worked for hours and hours on would then be destroyed. It was this, this strange like... Uh, desire towards anonymity or, or maybe even just sabotage and letting somebody else do the deal. Well, he moved to canvas, but he actually made a, a picture and it went to auction. Now, what nobody at the auction knew was that when he created the photo and placed it in the frame, he actually built a shredder into the frame. So that if it ever came out of private collection and went to public auction, someone would be able to, at just the right time, hit the button anonymously. I want to actually show you that. Take a look at the auction.
I like those secu- the security guards. They're like, we got to get out of here, dude. They picked it up. You, so the problem is those security guards were like, we got to act. We got to do something. But the attack wasn't coming from the outside. The attack was coming from the inside. This was self-sabotage. And I think that that's what's happening in a lot of our own lives. Now, the reality is that while we know all of kind of those basic things, we forget that, that I believe that you and I hold the keys, I think, to some of our breakthrough. And I believe that some of the shackles that we are living in in our life, in terms of our thought life and our overall enjoyment of this life, I think are directly connected to this shredder that we have built on the inside. This self-sabotage button that we can't seem to not press. We know we shouldn't eat those things, but we just can't seem to not hit the shred button. We, we know we shouldn't look at that particular screen, but I just can't seem to stop, hit the shred button. I, I know that I was made with this intrinsic value, but for reasons that I can't seem to understand, I just haven't ever taken a step in figuring out what that is. And we just hit the shred button. There's this internal self-destruct button that we keep going up against. You know that uh, it was interesting. I, I read uh, in a book by a guy named Jordan Peterson. It's a, it's a fantastic business leadership book. But he said that they, um, the, the American Journal of Medicine did a study that they took 100 people they, that had been prescribed prescription medication, 100 people, and then they sent them on their way. Um, only one-third of all of those people even fulfilled the prescription. Only one-third actually ever even got it filled. So listen to me. You went to a doctor. You said, I need help. And they said, okay, take this pill. And you were like, nah, bro, we're good. And you didn't even go take the, the, the pill. Only one-third actually even went and got it filled And then um, a tiny percentage of of those ever even actually took the full prescription or took it in the way that it was originally prescribed. That we, we go to church and we say, I need help. And we say, I've got the prescription. Here, take two of these and call me next Sunday. And we know the thing that we could do to actually get better. But then for reasons that we can't understand, we seem to hit that shredder button and we let this thing kind of self-destruct. And then we come back in and nothing has really changed from the last Sunday to the next. But you know what was interesting is they found that an exorbitantly high percentage of people would fulfill the prescription and follow the directions exactly if it was for their dog. Think about it. If they had gone to a vet and gotten a prescription, they, fu- they fulfilled the obligation of that prescription at an incredibly high percentage. So for those of you that are struggling and taking care of yourself, m- maybe shift your thinking. Your dog's life depends on it. <laughs> Take your medicine. But the reality is we just seem to find a way to self-destruct. To hit the shredder button. So how do we fix it? How do we begin? I don't think in one week we're going to be able to resolve all of these things. But what I want to do is begin a conversation with you over the next several weeks where we can begin to take some steps, both through the message and through the book and through your small groups, where we can begin the process 
of taking steps into freedom. In this book that you'll be getting from, um, from us after service, you, they're actually located in the blue tent, so when you go out, if you didn't get one, um, we would love for you to get a copy of this as our gift to you. Um, it doesn't do any good for these books to be sitting in our trailer, but let me say this, it doesn't do any good for these books to be sitting on your nightstand either. So take them and, and, and read them and, and, then, and then gift them. But what I love is right in the first chapter of the book, uh, there's a moment where you can do something that I believe is going to be necessary for you to get some breakthrough. And it's going to be to start with a declaration of war. To start with a declaration of war. That there's a place where you can write down, at this season, in this time, now in my life, I declare war on the version of myself that I no longer want to be. Now, let me help you understand something about the process of declaring war on the version of you that you don't want to be. It's actually going to take a lot of work. It's actually going to be a little bit harder than, um, than one sermon can actually, uh, can actually accomplish for you. But know this, nothing great has ever been done with half of someone's heart. So, I love the president, um, Teddy Roosevelt. And I don't know if you've ever read much about him. I, I, I've read uh, a biography on him, but I love historical uh, biographies. And Roosevelt was an interesting guy. He's the first president to own a car. Uh, he was the first president to be in a submarine uh, while he was the president. He was the first president to do just a lot of things. But as he was, when he was assistant secretary of the Navy, he actually, um, this conflict comes up in Cuba and he actually uh, resigns from his position as a sec assistant secretary of the Navy, which is an incredibly high ranking position and forms a group of guys to go down and fight in this conflict. Now the total conflict didn't last that long or at least his portion of that conflict didn't last that long. But there was this battle of San Juan Hill, which you might have heard of before. Well, the scene is he's at the bottom of this hill and he uh, looks up the hill and there's a fortified position and they need to take this hill and everybody's scared and everybody's pinned down. And he jumps on his horse and he rides out to the front yelling and screaming and he made this statement that when he crossed over the barbed wire, it was as if a wolf grew in his heart and the people that observed him in that day said he fought with a passion that that day that they had never seen before he was like a man possessed he was giving it everything he had when a bomb blew off so close that it actually burned his skin he didn't acknowledge the burn when he was when a bullet grazed his elbow he didn't even acknowledge the gunshot wound he just kept pushing forward and cheering everybody on around him to go do something great and it was as if in this moment he had just made the decision, I am going to change my way of thinking. I am not in a great situation, but I can sit here on the pity potty or I can get about doing something with my life and with the situation. I don't know what hand you've been dealt. But what I want to encourage you in is that nothing really ever happened with half of somebody's heart. And what we want to begin to do is change your thinking in fact, I would even say it this way. That wolf that he talks about, uh, there was an old Cherokee uh, proverb. And this old Cherokee Indian leader was speaking with his grandson. And he, and, he, and he said this. He said, a fight is going on inside of me. 
he said to the boy. It's a terrible fight, and it's between two wolves. One is evil. He is anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false pride, superiority, and ego. Anybody know that wolf? Ever met that one? And he continued, but the other's good. It's joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, faith. The same fight is going on inside of you and inside of every other person too. And the grandson thought about it for a minute and then he asked his grandfather, which wolf will win? And the old Cherokee replied, the one you feed. And I think for a lot of us today, and if you want a title for this message, it's Feed the Wolf. I believe that you're going to have to do something great and to do something great in your life to get over some of these things that have held you down for a long time. You're going to have to do like Roosevelt said, you're going to have to let the wolf rise up. But a lot of us end up letting the wrong wolf rise up. And we feed the wrong wolf with confirmations of our own negative opinions and negative worldviews. I saw a study that came out this week from Stanford University, partnered with Harvard, and they came out with a study that said that people at an exorbitantly high level, were, they were exponentially more happy, and their life was filled with more peace, and their anxiety went down if they deleted their Facebook account. That the study was completely conclusive that our, our attachment to social media, and for some of you, you go, ooh, praise God, I ain't been on social media in a minute. Only my grandmother's on social media. That's, that's, you might be on Instagram, or you might be on the Snapchats, or whatever is coming next, waiting, waiting for somebody else to tell you that you are worthwhile by what you post. I took a couple of young people to dinner, and I was floored. They never talked to me the whole time. Every time they, I mean, like the whole conversation was just, they were like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you even listening to me? They're like, mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. I'm like, what are we doing? I'm sitting right here. And you could tell when they did look up, they were looking for a very cool decorative wall to stand against. <laughs> Have you ever seen this? If I was just like walking around town, like, can you imagine? Think back to like our parents and our grandparents. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Bob Bonney, U.S. Army, private first class, just leaned up against a decorative wall in East Germany? Like, But I thought they're so, we've gotten so ingrained with needing somebody else's con constant affirmation of our existence on the planet that we don't know how to even build that with a relationship eye to eye. That's why small group attendance has gone down historically in the local church and social media participation goes way up. And yet when people are polled, we're more lonely and more anxious and more churned up than ever. You're going to have to decide which wolf to feed. The one that wins the battle is the one that you feed. And what I'm talking about is changing your thinking. So the Bible says it in this way. For as he thinks, 
For as he thinks, so is he. So listen, so as your mind goes, so you go. If you think negative thoughts, you focus on negative things, you will have a bad day. If you think positively, you will have a good day. You can change the way you feel when you change the way you think. You, you have the control, but we tend to shift and we tend to hit the internal shredder button. When I was reading on Teddy Roosevelt Roosevelt this week, he said, if you could kick the guy in the pants responsible for most of your problems, you wouldn't sit for a week. Think about that. If you could kick the man in the pants responsible for most of your trouble, you wouldn't sit for a week. He said, you've got this internal shredder button. You're doing it to you. You don't have to think about everything you feel, but you will feel everything you think about. And I think for some of us, we wake up in this feeling of anxiety. The first thing that we do when we wake up in the morning is we grab that phone. The last thing that we do before we go to bed is we look at that phone. We're constantly deciding, do we have value based on whatever anybody else liked or commented or shared or how they interacted with us? We, we wake up and we get a text from somebody at work and our thought immediately runs down to some litany of negative things about, oh my God, Bill wants to have a meeting and why does he ever wanna have a meeting with me? I mean, that's it, this Bill's quitting, that's, that, that's it. That's, I knew it, I knew it, I knew the day I met him. I shouldn't have hired Bill. And by the time you get to work, you're so mad at Bill and Bill's trying to buy you a sandwich. He wanted to know if you wanted mayonnaise or not. And the answer is yes, I wanted mayonnaise. But you're letting yourself spiral. You have 60,000 thoughts in a day on average. 80% of those thoughts are purely negative, self-sabotage thoughts. I came across this quote this week. I thought it was pertinent. If you have kids, you'll understand. Before battle of fist must come battle of mind. Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Come on. You got a little, kung, yeah. We got some kids in here loving some kung, some kung fu panda. Negative thoughts cannot lead to a positive life. Colossians 3, it says, If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. I love this, Romans 12. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Matthew 22. You shall love the Lord your God, look, with all your heart, with all your soul, and here it is, with all your mind. Think about it. I am not saying that the answer for every problem is mind over matter. I am saying that what happens in your mind really does matter. Like it does matter what you think about. Now listen, I've gotten a lot of pushback over the years. This is not about just the power of positive thinking. I don't believe that God's a vending machine, insert two prayers and get out of Corvette. I don't believe that he works that way. But what I do believe is that positive thinking is not a replacement for God, it is in response to God. It doesn't mean that everything in your life is good. It just means that I'm choosing to believe that he is bigger than the thing that I'm currently in. I'm not pretending that the bad thing is a good thing. I just believe that God is over everything. So it's not a replacement. I'll be honest with you. I had to, I had to, I had to kind of do a little practice what I preached this week. 
I had to make a decision what I was going to think about. Philippians 4, it says it like this. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on that which is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God. Like, I, I, don't know if that, if, I don't know if your week sounded like that. That your thoughts were continually fixed on the, on the glorious works of God. That I think that we tend to focus on the areas where it's not going our way or where things are up against us. Or we begin to believe lies that are said about who we used to be instead of who we're becoming. You see, the problem is you don't see the world as it is. You see the world as you are. And what you are are a collection of the things that have been done and said to you. And the things that you have done and said. As I was preparing this message, to be honest with you, I went through something this week that I'm not in a place that I'll probably talk to you about it one day. But can I just say I'm not there yet? But I can tell you that outside of the, the death of a family member, it's the most painful thing that I think that the devil could have put in my face this week. It pulled up wounds that I have been dealing with since I was a child. Things that I've been fighting in my mind for decades. Things that I thought I had wrestled to the ground. Things that I thought that I had dealt with. And the devil said, oh, you, you think you're going to declare war on me? Okay. And by about Wednesday, I had to make a decision. Am I actually going to do what I preach? I told a friend of mine this a long time ago, and then she had the nerve to call me and preach me back to me. Nobody preaches me to me. <laughs> and I told her one time, she was struggling with some very similar issues, and I said, listen, you get to make a choice. It's not about believing that bad things are good things, but it is believing that God is in all things and above all things and that he will get the final say. So I'm asking you to make a choice. You can continue to say, they did this to me. They left me. They abandoned me. They've hurt me. They said this about me. Or you can say, they did this to me. I believe in covenant. I believe in never quitting on somebody. I believe in fighting for a relationship until you're bloodied and beat up. So you can say they did this to me. Or you can say they did this to me. You can say, man, I, I, I struggled and I worked and I tried so hard and I couldn't get promoted at work and I was always hitting the ceiling and I, I, it was never fair and it was never right. You can say they did this to me 
Or you can say, they did this to me. And when I've, I'm at a place in my career now, when that young kid comes in the room, instead of giving him a hard time like everybody else, I'm going to see the potential in somebody that nobody ever saw in me. And instead of saying, they did this to me, I'm going to say, they did this to me. They made me have an eye for the person that was beat up and downcast and looked down on and didn't have any hope for. They made me see potential in people when nobody else would see potential. They made me commit to never quitting on somebody because I believe that people are valuable and nobody is worth quitting on. I believe that people are worth second chances and I believe that God came so that you would have a second chance and that I would have a second chance. I can spend the rest of my life saying, oh, woe is me, woe is me, they did this to me or I can say this is who I am because they did this to me. You thought you were going to break me but you built me by mistake and you did this to me. And I will care about people in a way that other people don't care about people. And I will build a church that looks different. And I'll tell you why. Because they did this to me. And when you get there, it doesn't make the thing that you went through okay. It's just making a statement to declare war in the face of the enemy and say, this is not a death sentence because my God gets the victory. It is impossible to worship and worry at the same time. God, I take control of my thoughts. They did this to me or they did this to me. So that painting that in that video sold for $1.4 million before it went through that shredding process, before they could get it off the wall, over 70% of the photo was shredded. You know what happened? It became worth twice that. Some of you came in here today and you feel like shredded paper. You feel like your value has gone down because you've been through something. You feel like your value has gone down because people said you weren't valuable. You, say, you feel like your value has gone down because you've experienced some tough situations. I need you to understand that when you shift your perspective, you change your thoughts, you get your eyes fixed on Jesus. You might have gone through something, he said, but now, if you'll give it back to him, you're even more valuable than when we started. Thank you for listening. We would love to have you join us at New Sound for one of our weekend experiences. Check out our website for times and directions at newsound.church. We would love to hear how these messages are impacting your life. Please share your story with us at story at newsound.church.